Hello and welcome to the Self-Improvement Book Club with Rachel. Today's book is Let That Ish Go, Finding Peace of Mind and Happiness in Your Every Day. Now, yes, I use the word ish instead of the S word because it's a clean podcast, so I'm not going to curse. But this book is all about finding your inner peace. And who doesn't want more inner peace, right? Of course, they're using that catchy curse word to get your attention to read their book. But anyways, it was a good book. It was a decent book um, and had some really good points about how to live your life more fully and let go of things and move on. So some of the main points in the book is the importance of letting go of negative thoughts and emotions because when we hold on to them like with the grips of our life like I am never letting this go I'm going to I'm going to hold on to it it kind of becomes part of our identity right uh you know this thing happened to me and it's the way my life turned out and blah, 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 right? And we kind of hold on to it too tightly. And it can eventually start to weigh us down. It's almost like we're picking up these imaginary rocks and throwing them in our little backpack that is invisible, that no one else can see. Well, they can kind of see it because I think we can tell when people are weighed down by difficult things. But anyways, rock by rock, you put it in your invisible backpack and it weighs you down And it makes it more difficult to live a happy and fulfilling life, a life of lightness where if you took off that backpack and put it down with all those rocks, you would have so much more energy to focus on what you wanted to do with this life, how you wanted to live. And the book talks about the difference, which I think this is so important, the difference between letting go and suppression, right? like that toxic positivity of suppression, like nothing's wrong. I'm fine. I've never been hurt before in my life. I'm going to pretend everything's good and, you know, just pack it all away in this little box inside of me, close it up, lock it up, throw away the key and never process it. So when someone hurts us or when we do something that hurts ourselves, we have to work through it. We have to actually feel those negative emotions, we have to acknowledge them. Then through that action, we accept eventually. It's shades, right? Shades of acceptance. We don't go one day from, you know, thinking all this stuff's wrong with our lives to accepting it all. It's it's a process. And then eventually in this process, we slowly let it go. So the process more looks like taking one rock out at a time of our invisible backpack and slowly our life gets a little lighter and we are able to move on and focus on the things that are important to us, whether it's your children, your work, something you find purpose in. Like I love helping others. So I'm going to focus on that, whatever it is. And this book talks about the power of forgiveness And forgiveness is a powerful tool that can help us let go of these negative emotions and move on with our lives. And my favorite, self-compassion, being being compassionate with yourself. It's a practice of being kind and understanding towards yourself and recognizing 
We are all these human creatures living on this earth that make mistakes, are not perfect, and to treat ourselves with kindness like we would someone else um, is huge. So I often think there's a link with how you treat others and how you treat yourselves. So let stay with me for this. Okay. So let's say you have a hard time forgiving others and you get really angry at them and you cut them, cut them out of your life for maybe the smallest stuff. You might treat yourself like that. Like you're not allowed to make a mistake. One little mistake and you're cut off. Like you're so mad at yourself. You're like not able to tolerate when you make mistakes. I bet if you, if you really looked at your internal dialogue, there's some similarities there. So the more compassionate you can be with yourself, the more compassionate you can be with others and vice versa. So whether you want to try it first with yourself, which I recommend, and then extend it to others, that's cool too. Or if it's easier for you to practice it with others and then extend it to yourself. Either way, I think there's a link. That's just, that's just what I think. You don't have to think the same. You know, we can agree to disagree. That's cool too. So what are the benefits also, this book talks about the benefits of living in in the present moment, right? Let's run through the fields and pick wildflowers and just let the sun, I don't know, beat down on our, beat down sounds bad. Okay, let the sun tickle our skin and we will feel its warmth. So living in the present moment, we are less likely to dwell on the past or worry about the future. So this can help us experience more peace and happiness. Speaking of peace and happiness, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to go off on a tangent really quick. I saw my most favorite music artist this Saturday, this past Saturday on July 2nd, or 1st, sorry, July 1st. Um, Natalie Merchant, who was formerly part of the 10,000 Maniacs. Yes. Okay. I was one of the youngest people at the concert, but that's okay. You know, that's all right because I've always been obsessed with her and she wasn't trendy per se when I really liked her, but I've always liked her and I followed her after she left the 10,000 Maniacs. And I had, you know, I had this vision of how the concert would go and would I be disappointed because I've never seen her live and I've always wanted to. So I finally found tickets. She finally started touring again and I went and I was so worried about being disappointed, but it was truly a magical experience. And I really lived in the present moment. I, you know, just tried to soak into every second and it was just as good as I imagined, like even better. I think even better. Yes. She played with the National Symphony and that was amazing. But anyway, sorry, I just wanted to talk about, really, I just wanted to talk about Natalie Merchant and how wonderful she is as a sidebar. And if anyone gets a chance to see her in uh, a live setting, it's pretty amazing. I don't know. There's something very magical about her. Anyways, back to the book. (laughs) Um, So some tips for letting go of all your ish is to identify your negative thoughts and emotions. So again, that's that self-awareness. Am I always going back to something in the past and reliving it or thinking about it? Well, maybe that just means 
I have a chance to identify these negative thoughts and emotions and let them go. Like, what am I angry about? Or what am I worried about? Or what am I holding on to that I can start to let go? So once I know that, I can then acknowledge those negative thoughts and emotions. And instead of trying to suppress them, acknowledge them for what they are. So often this means, (laughs) this is a tough one, letting go of our need to control, right? I think control is a big one. We want to know outcomes. We want to know what's happening in the future. We want to know that we're safe and we're okay and things are going to work out how we want them to. But that then makes us want to control things and we manipulate and we try to get things to go our way. And this really just makes us more stressed and unhappy. So part of letting go is letting go of control, of needing to have certain outcomes, but instead we accept things as they come and as they are. And this takes a skill called resilience. So If we know deep in our heart that we're going to be okay, no matter what the outcome is, that we will get past these challenges, then we have more confidence in ourselves and we have more resilience. And it helps us connect with other people. And in the book, there is an exercise on forgiveness that I really like. Um, So I'm going to give it to you now. So first of all, You want to choose someone you're struggling to forgive. This could be someone who has wronged you in the past, or it could be someone currently in your life that you want to keep in your life, but you're having trouble forgiving them. So you want to then write down everything you're angry about. Do not hold back. Write it all down. Just get it all out like you... I'm angry at you. You you did this to me. You're you're piece of ish. Okay, another ish word. Um, you know, it may seem petty or insignificant, but it's not. I want you to get all your feelings out. Then read what you wrote out loud. This can be difficult, but important to hear yourself say the words. Okay, this is the next step. Burn that paper. It's a symbolic act. It's like giving it away to fire, water, air, like the elements. But fire is obviously the burning one. So you are symbolizing that you're letting go of your anger and resentment. And then you say a forgiveness prayer. This could be a traditional prayer or it could be something you come up with on your own. And then you spend some time visualizing the person you're forgiving. See them as a whole person with both good and bad qualities. So they're not perfect, just like you. They have some good qualities, they have some bad qualities, something in between. And then this is the hardest part. Wish them well. And this does not mean you have forgotten what happened to you and want to bring them back into your life if it's someone that's out of your life. It simply means you're sending them positive energy because just imagine if they healed and they got better, maybe they wouldn't hurt anyone else like they hurt you. And that would be a good thing for all of the world. So why not hope that? 
This exercise is not easy, but it can be a helpful way to start the process of forgiveness. And if you struggle to forgive someone, it may be helpful to talk with a therapist or a counselor. They can help work you through it. And please remember, this is a process, but it's a process for you, not for them. This is good because it helps with so many health benefits. Yes, forgiveness is good for your health. It reduces stress, it improves sleep, it lowers blood pressure, it even reduces the risk of heart disease, increases happiness, it improves your relationships, increases self-esteem, and resilience, that resilience word I talked about. So knowing that you can struggle through something, let it go, forgive someone, is a beautiful thing. You know you can be resilient. You know you can move on and that you can get better. So it is really good for your health and I just really recommend it. So again, be patient with yourself. It is a process. Finally, I want to talk a little bit about how you can self-love to help find your purpose. What is self-love? Self-love is the practice of being kind and understanding towards oneself, even when one makes a mistake. So I'm going to say this again, y'all, we're all humans, right? We're all going to make mistakes, but self-love can help you find your purpose. It can increase self-awareness when you love yourself. Okay, there's no song here, but when you love yourself, you are more likely to be aware of your strengths and your weaknesses, your passions, and your interests. So if you know what you enjoy doing, you can go do more of it and find your purpose, right? It also increases your confidence. When you love yourself, you're more likely to be confident in your abilities and your decisions And your brain isn't second guessing every dang decision you make because that's exhausting. And this can help you take risks in the right way to pursue your goals, which leads to your purpose. It can also increase creativity when you love yourself. I don't know why I want to sing when I say when you love yourself, but I feel like it's some like sappy song, like when you love yourself. Um, Anyways, okay. I, again, tangents, tangents, tangents today. You're more likely, when you love yourself, you're more likely to be open to new experiences and ideas. So you're more open-minded and you can come up with new innovative, innovative ways to solve problems and achieve your goals, which leads to, again, that word purpose and increasing resilience, which is so good because we can handle more when we are more resilient. So I'm going to leave you with these tips to practice self-love. Spend time with just you by yourself, making time for activities that you enjoy and that make you feel good, whether it's knitting or playing with your cat or whatever you enjoy, do more of it. Do it by yourself. Walk in nature, read a great book, treat yourself with kindness Be mindful of the way you talk to yourself. Again, that's that awareness of your negative self-talk and focus more on being gentle with yourself and kind and knowing that you're not perfect. Setting boundaries, learning how to say no to things you don't want to do and not feeling bad about putting your your needs first. 
This one I'm working on. I'm actively working on setting more boundaries. I am naturally a yes person. Let me give you an example. So I talked about how I saw Natalie Merchant this past weekend. Well, I had three concerts this weekend. Well, as I do love concerts, I love music. Three was a little excessive. And there was one that I could have said no to. So it was Shania Twain, which I am not a big country girl. I just don't, I don't love country music. I love folk. I love alternative. I love hip hop. Like I love all the stuff, but country isn't really for me and that's okay. It actually ended up being a really, really fun, cute concert. And I knew more Shania Twain songs than I like to admit, but that's okay. So anyways, I I'm going on a tangent here, but I could have said no to this because three concerts in one week is a lot. And I only have so much time and energy that I really did think long and hard if I wanted to say yes, but it was a friend coming out of town and I wanted to see her. So ultimately I said yes, but that is something that I think I could have said no to and had a little bit more energy, but at the end of the day, I was glad I went, but these things are hard. I'm just giving you this, this example because I think it's hard to weigh sometimes the benefits of doing something versus not doing something because you don't want to disappoint someone or you want to see someone, but you might not have the time and energy. So this is an ongoing process. Just like letting things go is setting boundaries and realizing what you have time and energy for. So if you make a mistake and you say, you know what, that was a bad idea. I shouldn't have gone to that concert because that one just sent me over the edge. And that's when you learn and then you adjust for next time. Don't beat yourself up for that. Just learn from it and adjust. So that, that was my point to my long example of saying yes or no to things that may zap your energy. Another tip for practicing self-love is practicing gratitude. There's so much little things to be thankful for in this world. Soak into them, really acknowledge them, be thankful for them, and you will see your happiness increase. I promise you with that. Um, Gratitude is a great thing. Finally, surround yourself with positive people. Spend time with people that make you feel good about yourself, that listen to you and support your goals. So they're not always telling you you can't do something or they're putting you down. That negative energy is no good. Limit them if they're your family. Limit them because sometimes it's hard to totally cut out family. But try to limit as much as you can and just know that their opinion isn't valid. So I hope everyone has a good 4th of July and happy reading. And keep enjoying life, living life, and let go of anything that does not serve you. Till next time, have a good one.